Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. There is a new conversation going around in my home at the moment. Uh, It starts usually at the start of the day. And then uh, it might just pop up again, maybe towards the end of the evening. Uh, If some people walk through our house um, and come and visit us, sometimes the conversation pops up again and I hear it said again. And then uh, it it happened on Friday night when I picked up a carload of youth and and they had friends over and sleepover and I was driving them all home and then it popped up again, the conversation. Um, It's just started since this game has um, begun a few months ago. And I'm talking about this game, Wordle. Well, <laughs> it feels like the whole country is playing this game, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, you're just all shaking. Other people going, I have no idea what you are talking about. Like, <laughs> to me, in my world, it feels like everyone's talking about it. It feels like everyone's playing it. Um, don't get me wrong, Mark has tried to sit me down and explain it to me a little bit, but Look, word games, they don't really grab me. They don't grab me much. Um, But now I have my whole family talking about this game and lonesome me over to the side, can't really participate in the conversation. So I don't know if that's fortunately I can't or unfortunately you can, whatever you think, I'll leave that with you. But, but when they do, when that conversation pops up, I, I just have limited understanding. I, I don't know what they're talking about. I know what it is, but um, it's, it's limited. And there are some things in our life that we can have uh, limited understanding with. It, it can be a, as simple as Wordle. It can be um, tech, it can be finances, it could be some kind of paperwork, it could be a subject at school. And we can wrestle with trying to get our heads around it, um, not understanding it fully in our minds. Um, The same is true of God's Word, isn't it? There are some words in the Bible uh, that we are still learning, we're still learning about. It can be overwhelming, like, like, you're, like you're learning a whole new language. And if you're sitting there and you're feeling overwhelmed, look like they just use that word again and they just use that word again and I have no idea what they're talking about. I just wanna encourage you this morning to keep coming, keep coming every Sunday and you'll learn gradually and Holy Spirit is with you. But one of these words we hear around the church and, and in the Bible is the word grace. Grace. You may have heard this word before, grace. In the Bible, Paul writes about it as a free gift of salvation. But I I think he would be a little bit disappointed to know that many, many understand his use of grace to mean only a a free gift of salvation. Because Paul had other meanings in mind. And I'm, I'm not too sure what your level of understanding is today of this word, but what I do know is that inside and outside these walls, people have limited understanding. So, so actually applying it, applying it into our life, we can pull up a bit short. So I want you to just watch this short video just so I, um, you can get what I'm talking about. Thanks, Greg. It's the way of life. You can't live without grace. 
Grace is a state of well-being and ease. That's easy. God's riches at Christ's expense. Like grace, like saying, like Thanksgiving grace. Yeah, I know that. It's like when you give something, you appreciate something. Um, I really don't know what grace means. I've heard it around before, but I don't know. Could you tell me, please? Undeserved forgiveness. Define grace. It's kind of a hard word to put into words. Humble yourself and be grateful for everything that's given to you in this life. Our Grace is a girl's name. I, I need to have a girl named Grace. They're pretty cute. Grace is God's compassion. If you're talking religion, you know, I mean, religion is it's grace. Grace is benevolence that's that's not particularly deserved or asked for, maybe. Mercy. Mercy. Somebody who's graceful is somebody that's kind of poised. Yeah, confident, like a certain. <laughs> you know, to be honest, uh, Grace. Never thought about it. Uh, God gives grace. Um, you know, it's His grace that I have salvation. Um, grace? I don't really know. <laughs> Do you know? Mm -mm. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, so that video um, helps us, yeah, get a picture of people's understanding. And, and maybe your answer was up there, but um, the everyday definition of grace from everyday people, and these were obviously all American, but if we went out to Burp and Gary, I'm sure the answers would be quite similar. Answers that go little beyond uh, the basic, simple definition of God's undeserving favour. And if this is our only understanding about this word, uh, we're, we're missing out. It, it will be hard to apply it. Say to, the next, uh, say to the person next to you, I don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to miss out today. I don't want you to miss out. <laughs> I don't want to miss out. And God doesn't want us to miss out. So the Apostle Paul um, must know how important this is because at the end of every one of his letters, I flicked through them all in the New Testament. If you look up all of Paul's letters and go right to the end of each letter, it'll have titled Final Greetings. And he, and he wraps up every one of his letters and he changes his word just slightly, but it's the same blessing. It seems to be his favourite word. It's, he says, may the grace of the Lord be with you. He says it every time. So we've got to get an understanding of what he's on about. There must be more to this word. So let's dive into a piece of Scripture today um, to help us not miss out. And 
I love it that the Bible has the answer. The Bible has the answers. So we're gonna stay with this one chapter of Scripture and we're gonna really pull it apart today. Okay, we're not going anywhere else. We're gonna pull this one apart. It's a powerful piece of Scripture. And the Lord has clearly led me to this one today for us. It, it has blessed my heart and my mind so much as I've been soaking in it and reading and thinking about it all week. So my prayer today is that it will bless your heart too and your walk with Jesus. So why don't we grab um, your Bibles, open up to Hebrews 4. Who loves Hebrews? Ooh, we're going to Hebrews today. Hebrews 4, chapter 4, verse 14. And we're gonna start there. It starts with, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven. This is great timing. We've just come out of Easter Sunday, resurrection. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Let's stop right here and we're gonna start to unpack this. The first thing I wanna highlight to you is hold firmly. Hold firmly. In the context of this letter, there was a specific challenge that was being addressed. The temptation to leave Jesus and the community of those who believe in Him. And so some of these Hebrew Christians were tempted to stop persevering in the Christian faith and they were struggling with this new faith and maybe even thinking about um, turning and going back to their old ways, returning to Judaism. And this writer of Hebrews gives this encouragement straight up. Hold firmly to the faith you profess. Hold on tight. Cling to it. Don't let it go. So this is where we must begin to, to start by holding on firmly. You might be sitting there and thinking, what's something that you've held on firmly you know, in, your, in your life? And I, as I was thinking that, about that, it took me to a day when, when we used to own a wakeboarding boat and um, we lived next to the pine and uh, we always used to go wakeboarding and tubing in the Pine River. And I, I liked it, but I didn't really like it because there's a lot of bull sharks in the Pine River. Like, and I just don't like sharks and I just couldn't really see, can't we just drive to Somerset Dam where it's a lake and there's no sharks? But no, the boys needed to go to the Pine. And that day um, they, they took me, I decided to go. And uh, that day on the Pine, it had this white glaze over the whole river and it was just jam-packed with jellyfish. Like I'm talking jam-packed, like you look at the river from your boat and it's just white. Have you ever seen anything like that? Yeah, anyone that goes. And so the day that I went, they popped me on the tube and I think Mark must have been driving this day and off he goes and he just hammers it and I'm on this back of this tube and I just flip. And, I've, and usually normal people, on any other day, I would have let go. But there was so many jellyfish and probably lots of bull sharks. And I flipped over and I grabbed those flimsy plastic tube handles like I have never before. I, 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 I held on so tight and it flipped me. And then the tube, I'm sure it was for a, like a long time. I don't know, about th- three Ks? No, not three Ks. Uh, <laughs> It might have been like five metres, but 
Um, but it flipped me and now I'm going under the tube and um, for a long time. And I was, I was under that tube. I was surrounded by jellyfish, but I was hanging on tight. And I'm like, I am determined. I am not letting go. And then eventually they flipped me back and I was still on the tube, which they were very surprised about. <laughs> that usually, usually the person's like bobs up, you know, like right down there. They didn't have to collect me because I'm like, I am hanging on tight. I was probably getting whacked in the head with jellyfish, but I'm like, I'm not bobbing because a bull shark will eat me and jellyfish will sting me today. So that was the little story that the Lord brought to mind about not letting go. So today, hold on firmly. Hold on firmly. If you have to think of that story for the rest of your life, do it. Just hold on firmly. And the, the Hebrew, this is what the Hebrew writer is saying, hold on tight. Hold on tight to what you believe. Hold on to the faith. It doesn't say hold on to our worries of tomorrow or even past tomorrow or hold on to the stresses of future exams or assignments or, or this one or hold on to other people's stuff or hold on to hurts and pain from past conversations or hold on to certain fears. No, the passage has told us what to hold tightly to, the faith, the faith. Maybe today in this moment, Holy Spirit can reveal to you things you are holding that He doesn't want you to hold on to anymore. And you can ask Him right now, is there something that I'm holding today that is not mine to hold anymore, Jesus? And He wants you to release that to Him today. And you can simply say, Lord, I give you that conversation. Lord, I give you that essay. Lord, I give you that pain. And let me hold on to you, Jesus, instead. Cling to Him. Hold on to Him. All right, let's keep reading. We're gonna go to verse 15. Let's keep unpacking it. It gets better and better. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. I'm gonna stop right here. Let's pull up here. The next thing we've got, hold firmly. The next thing I wanna highlight is approach confidently. In the Old Testament, the priest was the only one allowed to approach the Holy of Holies once a year on the Day of Atonement. And atonement means covering. And so he passed through the heavy veil that hung from ceiling to floor creating a barrier between the people and the presence of God. And on that day, every year, the priests would enter and offer the blood sacrifice to cover the sins of the people. And this day, the Day of Atonement was a yearly reminder, every time it came around, a yearly reminder that all of Israel's daily, weekly and monthly ritual sacrifices and offerings were not sufficient to permanently atone for sin. So each year the high priest entered into God's presence through the veil on behalf of the nation. No one else was allowed in there. 
The day Jesus died on the cross, shedding His blood, that veil was torn in two from top to bottom. We've just celebrated Good Friday. And Jesus Christ became our High Priest and entered heaven, the Holy of Holies, once and for all. Once and for all. And not by the blood of sacrificial animals, but by His own precious blood on the cross. That that veil was torn that day, meaning we can enter. We can step into God's presence, holy of holies. Doesn't that blow your mind? Christ Himself was the atoning sacrifice for our sins, securing for us eternal redemption. So Jesus is our great High Priest who can empathise with us, who has been tempted in every way. And the passage is saying today, we can go to Him in confidence, with confidence, with confidence. When I was um, just out of high school and uh, studying at uni, um, I had to travel a fair distance. It was on the south side. Praise the Lord that there's a university at Pine Rivers now. Like that would have been great 22 years ago. Um, But I had to travel a long way, catch two buses, an hour and a half. I'd travel an hour and a half to get there. I'd sit there for an hour tutorial and then get back on the bus an hour and a half. And that was a fun morning. I loved Tuesday mornings. It's awesome. Um, But as I swapped buses in the city, my dad uh, worked in the city and my dad worked for the Weather Bureau all of his life. So I grew up learning um, clouds and the cloud formations and um, how many mills of rain fell during storms with his catcher out the back. But that's what I grew up with. And when I went to the city every day, I would stop in and I'd walk to the Weather Bureau and I would catch um, the elevator up uh, to his large office. And it was a very large office. And As I went there to to catch up with him, I'd catch the elevator up to his floor. I'd walk straight into his office and he was there. And there was no receptionist there to say, sorry, your your dad can't talk right now. I didn't have to speak to him. I, I could walk straight in and dad was waiting there to have a catch up and we would have catch ups. We can do the same. Today, you can approach your heavenly Father and walk straight into His presence because Jesus died on the cross. Boldly and confidently. Do you have confidence when you approach God? Did you know that you could approach God? You don't have to come through me or another pastor or another leader here or a priest No, you can go and approach God confidently. He is our heavenly Father. And Jesus has made a way full access. That's gotta blow our minds. We have full access to the Father. All that He is, all that He has for us. You can walk right up to Him. And you might be thinking, you might be sitting there thinking, well, how do I do that? Turn your affections towards Him through prayer, through, through talking with Him. If, if you've placed another person in this place, tell him, simply tell Him you're sorry and then go to Him. 
The moment you wake up and instead of grabbing your phone and maybe thinking about today's Wordle, um, go and talk to Him. (laughs) Talk to Him. Talk to Him. Just like a friend. Just like a friend. And we don't have to approach Him with our heads hung low and meekly and afraid to talk with Him. Come boldly and come confidently because He's your King. He's your King. Come with assurance because He is your friend. He's your counsellor. He is the best counsellor. Like I, I, I know some good counsellors. I know some really good counsellors. I've got a whole list of them. <laughs> but I've got to say, Jesus is my first counsellor. He is my counsellor. He's my counsellor. He's your counsellor. And we're reminded in this Scripture, it's a throne of grace. It's a throne of grace. It's not a throne of flying off the handle. It's not a throne of rejection. It's not a throne of frustration. It's not a throne where He is recording all your mistakes. It's not a throne of anger and disgust. No, The Scripture here tells us today it's a throne of grace. God's throne is a throne of grace. I want you to really hear that today. And when you come to Him, when you repent, when you turn from your ways, you aren't too proud of or ashamed of, He will pour out His grace. He will pour out His grace onto you. That's who He is and that's that's His nature. So I wanna encourage you to come boldly to His throne of grace. So let's keep going. I I really love how this verse ends and this is where the rubber hits the road, where we can enter into more of the fullness of what God is wanting for us today, His greater grace, His greater grace, His glorious grace. This is where we need revelation and don't we love light bulb moments for your mind and your heart from God's Word? Because I do. I love coming out and sharing with the family. Oh my goodness, God just showed me, like that just blows my mind. I love when we share it in the office too or you're just sharing with your friends and you just get that new revelation. It can impact our hearts and it transforms our thinking. So let's keep reading verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that, everyone say, so that. We may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So we hold on firmly. We approach confidently. And this last one, we receive freely. And this verse has just encouraged us to do these things. But things happen when we do, when we approach His throne of grace. And he's written there, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So here it is. This Scripture shows us there is more than just the grace for the free gift of salvation. In this passage, it's saying we can find grace to help us in our time of need. A glorious and a greater grace And this is it, an active working of God to reach us at our point of need and supply what we cannot obtain for ourselves. 
And we receive this grace in our lives when we are humble and helpless and hopeless. I don't know if you've been there. I know I have. It's, in, it's His empowering presence. I want you to hear this today. It's His empowering presence in every moment of every day. That's His grace. Grace is not only a free gift of salvation, but it's His power to help us walk in our calling every moment of every day and for the rest of our days. No wonder it is finishing with this instruction. I found this quote and it's a good one. Your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. Isn't that true? The Hebrews writer is urging us to come and receive mercy and find grace. And when you come to Him in prayer with a thankful heart, He will give you grace for your time of need. He'll have it there. He designed you to need Him every minute, every minute. So come to His throne of grace every day knowing His grace is sufficient. It's sustaining grace. And you will find grace that meets you at your point of need for strengthening and empowering and equipping you with courage and wisdom and strength. And it's the promise of the presence of God even in your struggles. And this can be so freeing. This can change how we walk and this can change how we talk. We can rest in this. This is a game changer. And I've been guilty of a small grace mindset. Sometimes our view on grace is too small. Be empowered in His grace for your time of need. And when you wake up tomorrow and approach Him, you will find His grace there too in your time of need. It'll be a new day. Matthew 6, 34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And we do, we get robbed, don't we? We get robbed by worrying about tomorrow. Walk in His glorious grace today and being strengthened and renewed and refreshed and revived by the grace that is found in Jesus Christ. And the truth is we will find grace and receive mercy when we go to Him. God does not give grace simply to save us, but to change us, to empower us and to strengthen us. And we will find grace that blesses and cheers and assists believers when we come to His throne. It's living through God's gracious gift of His presence and calling and power through Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul is wanting us to understand, the fullness of His grace. It's an ongoing work of His Holy Spirit to fulfil our God-given purposes according to His calling for each and every one of us. And we have got a course, like Dan mentioned this morning, um, we've got a course coming up, Living in Freedom. And I do wanna encourage you to sign up to that. It'll help you more. His empowering grace is freely given to us, not cheaply, because He sent His only one, His one and only Son, but it's given freely. 
And I want to encourage you to walk in the, the fullness that He has for you. I want to just share this story um, as I wrap up. So a, uh, a, a poor European family uh, spent years saving up for a ticket to sail to America. Saved for years. And once they got out onto the sea, um, they carefully rationed uh, the cheese and the bread that they bought for the journey. And after three days, the, the boy complained to his father. He said, I hate cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I hate cheese sandwiches. I don't know, maybe you can um, agree with that. But if I don't eat anything else before we get to America, I'm going to die. I hate them. I've had enough. So, so the father obviously heard his complaint and he gave, him, he gave the son his last nickel. And he said, go to the ship's galley and, and buy yourself an ice cream cone, son. So off he goes. Um, and he hadn't returned for a very, very long time. And the father was getting worried. And eventually when he did return after a very, very long time, he comes back and the father says to him, you know, where were you? And he said, I was in the galley. I was eating three ice cream cones and a big juicy steak. And he said, all that for a nickel. And the son replied to the father, the food's free, Dad. It came with the ticket. I want you to let that sink in. Are we walking in the, the fullness of what God has for us? It's not just the ticket to heaven. The difficult conversation you have to have, pray and He will give you the grace for it. In, the, in your moment of weakness, come to His throne and He will give you the grace you need for that moment and be empowered by His presence for that moment. In the moment of fearing what's to come or ahead of you and feeling overwhelmed, catch, catch those thoughts, catch those feelings and surrender them on the throne of grace and receive His sufficient grace for that time of need and rest and trust in that. You can rest in that. God wants you to have more than just the ticket to heaven. He wants you to walk in the fullness of His grace by holding on firmly, approaching Him boldly and confidently and receiving freely. And He will pour out His grace onto you each and every moment of each and every day for each and every season He will call you to. That's His amazing grace. I would love you to stand. And just to finish up, I would love to pray over us Paul's words because he knew all about this. And this is his final greeting from 2 Corinthians. Let, let these words just wash over you from him. It 
And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are gonna finish up today with a song our Hope Community Worship Team actually wrote. And you may have never, if you're you're new to Hope Community, um, you may have never heard this song before. So this is a real treat for us today. It was written a few years ago. And the title of this song is actually called Glorious Grace. So I thought it'd be very fitting for us to let it wash over us today. Thanks, Ben. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.